he is or his truth, but he wants what is best for you. And, and that gives us hope. That gives us something other than ourselves because if you've ever tried to truly live for Jesus, you know it is not a religion of convenience. Christ asked to do, us to do some difficult things. There are stumbling blocks in the way of becoming a Christian. We begin to follow Jesus and we hear all this stuff about, about having to forgive people. That's not easy. And then God cares very deeply about how I do my marriage. And that's not easy. And, and what's all this stuff about my sexuality that he's talking about in there? What, why is he even bothering with that? That's not easy. And turning the other cheek? This is not a religion of convenience. Christ is asking me to do some very difficult things. But he said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. He will never leave you. And so we look at our world and, and you begin to see things and you don't like the way that it's going. And there's a coldness that we feel from people who don't want to see us succeed. And so you know what the world does? They receive that coldness and they give more coldness. We say hurt people hurt people. This is just the way that it works. But then Jesus comes in with this revolutionary teaching and he says, no, you hurt people are going to bless people. And that is too much weight. That is too much to live under on my own accord. I need Jesus. And so I stand on the shoulders of millennia of Christians who have lived this way and they have shown that the Teachings of Jesus are peaceful. Oh, well, preacher, I, you don't know the Christians that I know. Let me ask you. I know that you've been hurt by somebody who, who, who talks all kinds of stuff about Jesus before. But let me ask you, which principles that Jesus taught were they following when they hurt you? Exactly. Exactly. This has been going on for thousands of years, and his teachings are good, and they have changed the world, but we are in a culture where we sort of receive some of these teachings. We receive some teachings that aren't actually in the Bible. We have to address that from time to time. But there are things that we know, and we are, I'm going to use this word, it's a real churchy word, we're very indoctrinated. Many of you will say things like that, well, I believe, when we're talking about Heaven and hell, we're talking about salvation, we're talking about marriage, we're talking about any way that your life should go. Well, I believe, and, and, and based upon what do you believe that? And most of the time, it's YouTube, right? Uh, maybe, not, maybe not the Bible. Well, I believe because my, my grandmother taught me this, or, or whatever. Well, that's what we call indoctrination. Is that really what? Jesus teaches. In fact, I have to wonder this question. If I didn't have my indoctrination, if I didn't have all of this prerequisite teaching, all of the thoughts and ideas that, that we walk into this place married to, because let me tell you, if we all sat down and I said, hey, here's the top ten hardest topics in the Bible, you would go, mm-mm, I don't believe that way. I don't believe that way. 
Are you a Christian? Yeah. You love Jesus? Yeah. Follow the Bible? Yeah, absolutely. But let me tell you, there's some stuff in there that we would go, mm, I don't believe that way. And I guarantee that would happen. There are things in the Bible that are very difficult. They're not very palatable. What would it be like if I didn't have any of those? We actually have. That can only happen once. And we have that story in great detail in the book of Acts. What would it be like if I heard the teachings of Jesus for the first time? How would I do church if I had never seen church done? What should it look like? How would it go? We have that story in great detail. Let me give you that. In Acts chapter 2, that's where I'll be if you want to turn your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. Okay, uh, they're outside in the foyer. Uh, the, those are free to you. If you want something a little nicer, leather bound's going to last you. Uh, if you'll go outside and, and take a left, we have some Bibles on the shelf there, and we have a price posted that we paid for those. So give as close to that as you can. Drop it in the box, and we would love for you to take that home. But we have free ones right by the door for you to take home. It is a joy to see you walk out with that. So that's not a burden for us. That is an absolute joy. But the Bible's in two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament is God creating the world, choosing a, a, a people, and saying that one day through this people I'm going to bring a Savior, a Messiah. So when he comes, boom, that's the New Testament, or we could call it the New Covenant or the New Law. And Jesus is the center of that. He is the God-man. He is God come to earth. And so Jesus is the center of what we believe. We believe that he came to die for our sins. And so he does this, and our calendar changes from B.C. to A.D. at this point uh, upon the traditional thought of when he was born, okay? And, and then Jesus lives, and at 33 years old, he dies. Now, uh, you guys know this. Uh, if you've been here in the last couple of weeks, but Jesus dies and then he, he raises from the dead three days later and he, he preaches, teaches, visits his uh, disciples for 40 days. That's for, for, 40. for 40 days. Uh, he, he visits and then he says, I go away, wait for me in this room. And then 50 days uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit comes to visit the disciples, and, and he said, wait for me. Don't do anything till the Holy Spirit comes. Because, like, hey, I don't want y'all out there running willy-nilly, okay? I've seen what you do on your own. It's not good. I'm sending the foreman, the counselor, your attorney, your advocate. I'm going to send him so that he will show you, he will teach you all truth and all things. And so he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes on these men, and they go out and they begin to preach. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but everybody's like, uh, they hear these disciples teach in their language, but then they hear it in their own language or even in their own dialect of that same language. And they were like, whoa, these guys are drunk. And Peter stands up and he's like, man, we're not drunk. Think about this. This is not something that happens with drunkenness. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he explains to them uh, how Amos, the prophet in the Old Testament, had prophesied that this was going to happen. And then Peter stands up and gives the very first sermon. Now hang with me, because Peter gives a very first sermon. I want you to go read this in Acts chapter 2. I, I started to read this sermon to you, but I honestly think that you would find it very boring. Do you know why? Because you are not an ancient Jew. 
Okay? So his, I'm going to recap. I want you to read this for yourself. Uh, but if I read that there's not enough monster energy drinks in this room to keep you all awake for this, if I read it. Now, if you will go home and study it, I don't think it's a boring thing. But to hear me read it would be really something special. Okay. Uh, but here's what he says. He says, listen, Jesus came and he fulfilled prophecy. Okay? Uh, he, he said, and, and we have seen signs and wonders. And this proves that Jesus is the Messiah. He says, uh, Jesus defeated death because he rose from the dead. And then he explained how Jesus is the Messiah. Not David. David is not the Messiah. You guys had all this wrong. And then he said, so Jesus, in conclusion, Jesus is the Lord and you murdered him. Okay? That's how he closes his sermon. It's a real humdinger. <laughs> and the people hear the gospel post-Jesus for the first time. Now, many of you can say, I have sort of a similar experience because this is what we find the most in here, and I love this. I love this about you. The most common testimony that we get in this place is I've always called myself a Christian but I had never actually followed Jesus. And so now I am following Jesus, and I know that I am a Christian. I know that I wasn't, and I know that I am, but I don't know when that changed. Now, there is a point in time. Salvation is a point in time. We're going to go into that later. But some of you say, I don't know when that point in time was. I don't know what was the straw that broke the camel's back for me, but I didn't follow Jesus, and now I do. See, we talk about belief in Jesus, and you've, got, you've, you've heard me say this enough. Most of you can answer this. You know who believes in Jesus more than you? Satan does. He's met him. But he doesn't accept him as his God, as his Lord, as his Savior, right? So, uh, you, so, so the most common story is I was there and now I'm here. I don't know when that changed, but I'm following Jesus, and this is something totally different. This is a lot more uh, difficult. And a lot better, but also a lot more difficult, but also a lot better, right? I think that's, that's the most common story uh, that I hear. So some of you can sort of relate because uh, how many of you can say, man, I've heard the Bible most of my life, but it was always boring and all of a sudden now it's fascinating. Anybody give that testimony in here? Okay, I see a lot of hands. Man, I've heard it and it was just like, you know, it's like rules, rules, rules. This is the man bringing me down. And now we read it and it's like, this is liberating. This is incredible. Do you understand that that is a supernatural experience? That is a visitation from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you will be baptized with, uh, uh, John, John baptized with water, but I will baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Fire is coming down on you, and we hear these things, and it's like, oh, I haven't been doing that right. That's fire. That's judgment from the Holy Spirit. He comes, and he brings us that, and these things become fascinating to us. But, but what did it look like for them for the first time? Okay. I'll take you into that. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Peter has preached, and this is their response. Verse 37, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? I love that. First response, what do I do? 
And, and, and I've had a similar conversation with many of you. It's like, man, listen, all I can tell you is I ain't doing it. I don't know what to do, but I ain't doing it. <laughs> and you tell me, tell me, what do I do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. With many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. 3,000 people. Go back and read the sermon. You're going to be like, 3,000 people? You're not an ancient Jew, okay? Pastor Dusty says this. The Bible was written for you, but it was not written to you, okay? This was to a different audience, but the principles are there for you. You have to, you have to pull them out. Now, we go back. They say, what do we do? And the apostles reply, repent and be baptized. So it's just as simple as that. Repent and be baptized. Now let's talk for just a moment, okay? I'm going to use a very simple analogy. I have nothing here, but I'm going to use this baptistry, horse trough, as an example this morning. This is going to represent where we're going. This is where Jesus calls us to go this morning. So I will use this over and over. But you understand that to repent not only means do I acknowledge that I am walking in the wrong direction, but to repent means to turn and walk this direction. See, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And so there's only one direction. I can walk this way and miss it. I can walk this way and miss it. I can walk this way and miss it. There is only one direction, okay, to get to the Father. Jesus says, I am that direction. Follow me. Now, that's what it means to repent. Be baptized. You guys know this. When we're baptized, this is actually a symbol of what has happened within us. Remember, John the Baptist baptized with water. Well, that's what we're doing here, right? Yes, as a symbol. But Jesus says, I come, and I will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. That is something that happens internally. This is going on inside of me. Fire is judgment. This is the Holy Spirit. Some of you have lost hours of sleep, and Jesus is convicting you. And once you have the Holy Spirit, every time you do something wrong, he's just there. He's there. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, man, it was so much easier to rip people off before I was a Christian. It was so much easier to fight with my wife. It was so much easier to do all these things because now I just feel like junk. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how you know you got it. Yeah. Now, so to be baptized is a symbol, two symbols, okay? Baptize you, my sister, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in death. So the symbol is that I have, I've died. Raised to walk in the newness of life. Just as Jesus died, I have died, but I come back where, where, where me is no longer in charge of me. He is in charge of me. I've died to myself. I've died to my own will. So for, this is a symbol of from now on, uh, uh, I want to do these things, but Jesus says don't do it. I go with him. Right? 
I want to move here. He says move there. I want to be this. He says be this. You're in charge. I've died to myself. I've died to my own will. I've died to my flesh. The second one is literally a bath. My sins are being washed away. But it is a symbol of what has happened internally because I've been baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit. So why do we still do a water baptism? Well, if you want me to hit you with a pear burner up here, I'll do that as a symbol. Just a little singed hair action going up here. But this is, this is the symbol. This is what is happening in baptism. So, so we still do these things, but this is the interesting thing. The first time, the first time post-Jesus, it is asked, what should I do? Repent and be baptized. If you have read much of the scripture, uh, you're going to take issue with this. Because what do I need to do to be saved is actually asked or brought up quite a few times. And here's the frustrating thing about the scripture. The same answer is never given twice. I'll give you a couple examples. And when I say never given, almost never given twice. There is no seance. There is no saying. There is no formula that is ever given. It seems to be different every time. I'm just going to take you to a couple. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so I have repent and be baptized. And now I have confess and believe. So maybe it's all four. Maybe there's a new list, because that's really what I want, is a checkoff list of what I have to do to be saved. That's really what I want, because here's my nature, and I know y'all can't relate to this, it's just a confession from me, and, and you have no idea. And for those of you who can't see me in the back, hey, five minutes before church started today, everything just quit. All the, the side projectors were going well, all the music equipment was going well, and five minutes before, somebody walked in with a demon. I don't know who, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But man, it just went, it went off. So, so for you who can't see me in the back, I'm standing on the edge of this. But this is how I live my life, is I want to know what is the checklist, okay? So I want a checklist. I want, okay, repent, be baptized, confess, believe. And then I want to walk this edge with as very little as I can do to still be a Christian but still have some fun. (laughs) And I want to ride that line and walk that edge as much as possible. And so we're going to ask a lot of questions about salvation and here's normally going to be my answer. Why do you want to know? Wait a minute. So there's a loophole, so really I can be down here? Why do you want to know what you want to do down there? Who are you going to see down there? What's the goal? And this is the heart check that we have to do. Romans 10.9 says something a little different than Acts 2. And John 3.16, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes... In him will not perish but have eternal life. This one just lists believe. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. Now we're introducing something completely different, the one who does the will of my Father. So it was, it was repent, be baptized, confess, 
believe, and then it's none of that and only believe, and now it's none of those things and just do the will of my Father. How do you get saved? How do I get it done? Give me the checklist. I want to go to heaven. And some of you have been in church for a long time. And if someone come up and said, man, I need to give my life over to Jesus. I'm going to go to hell if I die. How do I get saved? You would be like, uh, you're going to have to talk to my pastor. I, I don't know. Are you saved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Born again. Washed by the blood. How do you know? Because this is a little, this is a little confusing. Have you, are you, are some of y'all relieved that I'm saying that that's confusing? Okay, thank you. Good, good. You have to back up sometimes and see the forest because we're just analyzing these trees. There's a point that Jesus is getting at. I mean, he'll see the rich young ruler, and the guy's like, I want to be saved. He's like, follow the Ten Commandments. And, and, and he says, follow these commandments. And the, and the guy's like, I've done all those. And he's like, hey, you only lack one thing. Go sell all your possessions. Do you think that's it? Do you think you have to go sell all your possessions to be saved? Why is there a different answer every time? Okay, I'm going to continue to use this analogy, okay? This is where I want to go. This is heaven. This is the direction that I'm going. If I repent and be baptized, then I stop following my own will and I follow the will of Jesus. I follow Jesus. Christian, little Christ, prototype, little Jesus. They were actually, they were actually making fun of people when they began to say the Christians because originally it was just the way because Jesus claimed to be the way, right? So um, Christian was actually a derogatory term. It would be like calling my son little Jared. Be like, oh, I see you, I see you, little Jared, just going to go follow your dad, right? And so that was the term. But it means follow Jesus. Abandon my path and follow Jesus. Okay, the second one says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Now, that's kind of hard because if I'm walking the wrong way and I confess that Jesus is Lord, now, I want to emphasize one thing in there. Lord. We use it so much it has lost its meaning. Well, Lordy, Lordy, you know, I just didn't see that coming. You guys have heard that your whole life. We, we use this in a way that it really begins to mean nothing, but think about it. Uh, you don't own, many of you don't own your own house. You have to pay your landlord, right? What does that mean? That means that this chick actually owns it. I'm just paying to be in her house. She's my landlord she owns it. So if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, if I confess he is Lord, he's in charge, then <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And believe in my heart that Christ has been raised from the dead. He's in charge and he's been raised from the dead. If he's, in, if, if, if he's the Lord, then I have to walk to him. How? Upon faith that he's the one worth walking towards. So if I repent 
and am baptized, or if I confess he's Lord and believe, it's the same thing. (laughs) Make sense? Okay, let's see if it checks out. For God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If I believe in him, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to him. Why? Because I believe that he is my savior. I believe that he is the way. So if I believe this is the way, I follow the way. I have to believe in my heart. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So if I'm walking in Satan's path, if I'm walking anywhere other than towards Jesus, okay, and he says, uh, but the one who does the will of my Father, what is the will of my Father? That I follow him. It produces the same thing each time. I didn't read you this one, but the rich young ruler, he was very wealthy, and, and, and he goes to, to talk to the Lord, and he's like, hey man, follow the commandments. He says, I'm doing all of these things. Now think about that for a moment. Can I be following the commandments and still be going the wrong way? With class. With class. Absolutely. He says, here's what you lack. Sell all your possessions. He's saying, listen, you are running towards possession. Get rid of them. Why? Because I need you to turn towards something else. You're living for your things. And so we can claim Jesus while walking the wrong way. You know what it looks like? Man, I borrowed this this morning. This isn't mine, but I, I saw it flashing, and I was like, whoo, I would look good. Mmm. 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 You know what I'm saying? I can have the Jesus T-shirt and the cross, and I can know hymns. I can get on Facebook and condemn people for the way that they're living and still be following Satan. And I think that's the exact reason there is no formula given. Because when there's a formula, we will manipulate it. If you don't believe that, do a tax audit someday, okay? (laughs) If there's a formula, we will manipulate it. But God has made no mistake. He wants your heart turned towards him. This is not a bad thing. This is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to wear a cross. It's not a bad thing to wear a religious t-shirt or any of those things. I'm saying none of that makes you a Christian. It is when I repent and am baptized. It's when I confess and believe. It's when I follow the will of the Father. It all produces the same thing. My heart runs to Jesus. Do you know what the Bible never lists in all of those ways to be saved? The sinner's prayer. That is what we were all taught we couldn't be saved without. Now, is it bad? No. No, it is not. It is not. Here's why, here's why, and you're going to think I've lost my mind here. I want you to say the sinner's prayer, and here's the reason why. Because 
even after you're a believer, you will have bad days. Even after I repent and am baptized, I will fall. Sometimes I will wonder. Sometimes I will be mad at God for a minute just to repent. And when you do, Satan is there, baby. He's like, yeah, that's right, come this way. God did it to me too, come on. There's comfort over here. There's, there's, we, we have snacks. And he wants to pull me away, and here's what he says. You can't be a Christian. Look at what you've done. Look at what you've become. Did you ever see that old Saturday Night Live episode? Not that the preacher would watch that, but uh, did you ever see that Saturday Night Live episode where there's a game show where they only ask one question, what have you become, and no one can ever answer because they just break down into tears. It's, it's awesome. But he says that. What have you become? And then I begin to just take in all of his lies and all of his whispers. And before you know it, I'm not worthy of this. I can't be there. You were never worthy of this. Tell him to shut his mouth because I remember going up front. I pray there was a dude with the I'll pray for you button at the front of the Woodbridge Church meeting house. And, and I go up there and I pray and I ask Jesus to come into my heart until you shut your mouth because I know. And that's why I want you to pray a sinner's prayer. That's why I want you to have a time that you can go back to. But it does not save you. It is my heart going to Jesus. What was it like in the beginning for the very first people? It's the same that it is for you. And here's the similarity. They thought they were doing good before they showed up and heard a sermon. They thought that they were doing well before Jesus came in and, and, and all of a sudden everything was about the heart and I couldn't have a formula. I couldn't have a pattern. I couldn't have things that I did to get me to heaven anymore. You're in the same boat. If you're walking the wrong way, you're walking the wrong way. Regardless of your language, your speech, your clothing, regardless of any of those things. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody comes to the Father in any other direction except for his path. So uh, what's confusing is we hear so many in our culture claim the promises, claim the protection, claim the provision of Jesus whilst they're wandering in the wrong direction. And you see people go, that's, that's, not a, that's not a God that I would want to serve. Look, he's, he's abandoned. <laughs> this is wild. There was research done. I, 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 this is not in my notes. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can. Uh, there was research done a, a little while ago. Let's see. Lee Strobel writes this in The Case for Miracles, I believe, is the book. Uh, this is the first time I heard about this uh, research. But um, people who were in the hospital, you know, they took a large sample size, and they would have some of them prayed over and some of them not prayed over, and it made no difference. And so the research said, see, there's no difference. Well, 
Okay. You know what they didn't do? They didn't select believers or non-believers that they were praying over, and they also weren't being prayed over by Christians. <laughs> they were being prayed over by universalists who were praying for any God to help. That's what was taken. So we're not surprised by these results at all. As most of you, hopefully, if you've been in the faith for very long, you're like, oh, wait, I've seen. Man, I've seen. Every time, nope, do I understand that? Nope. But have you seen? Oh, baby. I've been rocked. And we, we, are, we, we are seeing people, people claim the blessings of Jesus, though they won't follow him, and it, it, it doesn't work that way. Not because I'm some preacher being judgmental, like that's what Jesus said. It doesn't work that way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and love. No man comes to the Father but by me. He never claims. Now, there's common grace. It rains on the just and the unjust. If you practice godly principles, even if you're not a believer, yes, man, you're going to receive that rain, right? Because they're just good principles that are good to live by. But don't be claiming the promises of God without the Father. Let me make a couple notes and then I'm, I'm done. The first thing. Falling and abandoning are two different things. Okay? If I say, follow me, we're headed this way. Follow me. And you fall, you trip, you wonder, you're confused, you're agitated, you question me. Those are all a natural part of the process, and as long as you get back up and you're still following me, you're still following me. <laughs> Make sense? But when you say, I will follow you, uh, you, you will follow me, but then you do not follow me, regardless of how well you walk. Maybe you never trip. Maybe you never question. Maybe you never stumble at all. You're not following. That's abandonment. Wait, preacher, are you saying that you can lose your salvation? I'm actually not going to answer that question today. And here's why. Because this is the question I want to ask you in return. Why do you want to know? Okay? That is, I mean, that's one of the big conversations. And trust me, I have done tons of research in this, and I have, I have an opinion about this, of which I am 87.5% sure I'm right. But I don't like to answer the question, can I lose my salvation? Because it begs the following question, why do you want to know? What you got planned? Who are you going to meet? Are you planning on abandoning Jesus? Are you wondering which other path can I walk and still get there? Why do you want to know? Think about this. As long as you're following, you're following. Not all of us are great at it every day. But follow the best you can. 
if you repent and get baptized, I bet you also believe in Jesus as your Lord. If you're trying to do the will of the Father, you'll have repented and be baptized. Jesus gives a lot of answers, but they all say, turn your heart to the Father. And here's the end of my conversation today about can I lose my salvation. If I see you walking in this direction, hopefully out of love for you, I will come to you and tell you to join me walking to the Father. Are you walking this direction because you've lost your salvation? Or because truly you never had it? What does it matter? What am I going to do? I'm going to come to you and invite you to walk in this direction. There's a lot of questions that we spend a lot of time on that aren't necessarily the questions we need to be spending a lot of time on. Pastor, I don't know. I've done a lot of bad things. I don't know if I could be, I don't know if I could go to heaven. I don't know if I've lost it. I don't know. There's not a place where Jesus says, that you're without hope of being saved. There's not a place that says you've gone so far that he can't find you. You're too far to walk back in the right direction. There's not a place in the Bible that says that. So if you begin to wonder, have I done too many things wrong? And some of you are just trying to put credits in on your side. Because, man, I've done so many things wrong, just let's see how many good deeds I can do before I die. That is nowhere to be found in the Bible. You can't earn your salvation. Have I lost it? Have I, did I do baptism right? Did I do all of these things right? Can, can, we, can we just wipe that chalkboard for just a second and, and write this one question? Are you following Jesus? Okay? Can we just wipe that for a second and ask, are you following Jesus? Well, in my younger days, that ain't today, baby. <laughs> I'm happy that you did awesome things in your younger days. But that's not today. Well, I'm the opposite. In my younger days, I was, that's not today. Today, are you following Jesus? Is your heart turned towards the Father? That's salvation. To follow Jesus. To repent and be baptized to believe in him as Lord and Savior. And that's the wedding. Next comes the wedding ring, which is baptism. He's like, wait, he said, he, he listed baptism as part of it. Man, sometimes it says, they say, what do I need to do to be saved? And they say, repent and be baptized. The next time, believe only. Baptism's mentioned sometimes. Baptism's not mentioned sometimes. The Lord commands us to be baptized. Thief on the cross went to heaven without being baptized. Okay, yes, got it. So I'd have to be baptized? Well, technically, no. But Jesus says, if you deny me before the Father, uh, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. So I want to know why won't you be baptized? <laughs> because you want to deny Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like this stuff gets way above my pay grade. You got to ask yourself this question Am I following Jesus? Okay, sweet. Repent and be baptized. Leave it at that. Following Jesus, you become a follower, you've never been baptized since you've been following Jesus. Get baptized. Follow him. Because then the next thing comes. And this is next week. 
What happened? Okay, when, when I go back to Acts, and you don't have to follow me on the screen, but I just want to read this to you. He says, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Whoo, new can of worms. So do I have the Holy Spirit? What does he do? What am I capable of? Move paper. How does this work? Tune in next week, okay? We're going, to talk, we're going to talk about that. But hopefully this cleared some things up, and I know I spent a lot of time on, on one topic today. Dusty, I want you to go ahead and uh, come up. Uh, I, know, I know we spent a lot of time on, on one topic today, but that's one we've got to nail down. That is, you, I mean, you've got this. That's your eternity, that is your eternity. I, I, just one simple thing I'm asking you for today is to nail down where you'll be for eternity. Repent and be baptized. Turn your heart toward Jesus. Believe in him as Lord. Do I want you to have a time that you can always go back to to throw in Satan's face, to have a prayer that you pray, to have witnesses? Absolutely I do. Is that a requirement in the Bible? Dude, that was just me. He just says, follow. So I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I, I, want you to, I want you to just bow with me for a moment and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that anyone who is not secure in their salvation, I pray that anyone uh, who, who questions their eternity, Father, will make it right with you today. Church, I'm just talking to you just in, in, in this prayer. Some of you have, have been coming to church for a little while now, you've been maybe reading for the first time. This is something that you're doing on your own instead of something you did to please someone else for the first time. And, uh, and, and you're having to ask yourself this question. And you know what? That time wasn't wasted because you have all the prerequisite knowledge needed to make this decision. You have all of the training needed to make this decision on whether or not you're going to follow Jesus. And, and hopefully the Holy Spirit is just pounding on the door. If he is doing that, do not sit and not answer that knock. Answer. Answer it. We're going to have a baptism in a second, and then we're going to do worship. Get up and answer that door. And Father, I just continue to pray that you will just pound, that you will knock, Father. Uh, God, I pray that you will give us uh, the courage to respond and run hard after you. And Lord, I want people to be saved. I want Ranger to be saved, God. I want people to know you, Lord, because you are good and life is better with you. And we ask and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to introduce y'all to my friend Skylar. Skylar, I want to ask you in front of everybody, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. All right. Y'all heard it. Hop in and sit down. Skylar, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in death.
raised in the newness of life to walk with Jesus. Awesome. Worship team, go ahead and come up. Skylar, we're proud of you, man. Excellent job. Excellent job. You guys go ahead and stay, uh, stay standing up, if you will. Uh, thank you so much. I know, I know for many of you, I, you know, Sunday's like, that's your one day off. That's your one day to do things around the house. And you chose to come and serve the Lord today. And I honor you for that. Thank you so much for being here. I pray that you're blessed by this. I, I hope that you're blessed to be here as much as I am. And you guys just lift my spirits uh, so much. And we're just, we're proud of the work that you are doing. And uh, man, I want to pray for you uh, this week that the Lord will give you opportunity to bear fruit, to change someone else's eternity. So as you're standing, uh, please continue to worship with us. But there is a prayer team that will be here. They'll be here during this song. They'll be here when service is over. You'll see they got these little buttons and stuff that are on. And they're going to be right here at the front. Hey, if you need to secure your eternity today, I think that would be uh, a task worth doing. So I invite you just to come and pray with them about that, talk with them about that. Uh, like I said, we're available to have this conversation with you. Uh, but for right now, just worship with us.